kindness and through the years are as nice and show them as much love as we can. My question is, let's say that my neighbor is now ending, uh, nearing the end of her life. What have my actions actually preached? They've preached that Christians are people who do good things for their neighbor. They've preached that niceness and kindness and morally upright behavior are what makes you Christian. In short, it might look a little bit like they've preached justification by works. And instead, that's not the full gospel message, though, is it? This is what Andrew calls the parable of the lawnmower. That while our actions are indeed important, they are so important, and they need to back up what we believe. But sometimes if we don't ever actually say what we believe and why it's important to us, the complete message is not expressed. The complete message is not communicated. So it's important that we tell our stories, especially our faith stories. So we continue our sermon series called Testimony of a Believer, in which we are hearing a variety of testimonies from members of our church. Zeke um, bravely shared his own this morning as one of our young members. Um, And as I said last week, this is such a great chance for us to hear how within our stories, a lot of times there are similarities that we can connect to and relate to. But there are also moments where we just marvel at how God works with different people in different ways, in different circumstances, but all of those possibilities are woven together in a way that allows God to tell the epic and amazing story of love and redemption that each one of us are a part of. So, We're going to start um, by listening to a story from Scripture, uh, a testimony of one of uh, uh, the disciples, a disciple that indeed followed Jesus. It's the Samaritan woman at the well. Now, I have to be completely honest with you. There is no way I can do justice to this uh, whole story this morning during our sermon time. Uh, I just don't have time to do that, and it is unfortunately um, a powerful story with lots to to focus on. One of the amazing pieces of the story is how Jesus uses this exchange to turn completely upside down the status quo. But uh, I'll revisit that at a later point in time in the future. Today what I want you to focus on is to hear how the power of story shared um, impacts not only the woman, but her villagers as well. So, um, I will be reading from chapter 4 of the Gospel of John, selected verses. Jesus had to go through Samaria. He came to a Samaritan city called Sychar, which was near the land Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. Jesus was tired from his journey, so he sat down at the well. It was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to the well to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me some water to drink. His disciples had gone into the city to buy him some food. The Samaritan woman asked, why do you, a Jewish man, ask for something to drink from me, a Samaritan woman? Jews and Samaritans didn't associate with each other. 
Jesus responded, if you recognize God's gift and who is saying to you, give me some water to drink, you would be asking him and he would give you living water. The woman said to him, sir, you don't have a bucket and the well is deep. Where would you get this living water? You aren't greater than our father Jacob, are you? He gave this well to us. He drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks from the water that I will give will never be thirsty again. The water that I give will become in those who drink it a spring of water that bubbles up into eternal life. The woman said, sir, give me this water so that I will never be thirsty and will never need to come here to draw water. Jesus said to her, go, get your husband and come back here. The woman replied, I don't have a husband. You are right to say I don't have a husband. Jesus answered, you've had five husbands and the man you are with now isn't your husband. You've spoken the truth. The woman said, sir, I see that you are a prophet. The woman said, I know that the Messiah is coming, the one who is called the Christ. When he comes, he will teach everything to us. Jesus said to her, I am the one who speaks with you. Just then, Jesus' disciples arrived and were shocked that he was talking with a woman, but no one asked, what do you want? Or why are you talking with her? The woman put down her water jar and went into the city. She said to the people, come and see a man who has told me everything I've done. Could this man be the Christ? They left the city and were on their way to see Jesus. Many Samaritans in that city believed in Jesus because of the woman's word when she testified, he told me everything I've ever done. So when the Samaritans came to Jesus, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. Many more believed because of his word, and they said to the woman, We no longer believe because of what you said, for we have heard for ourselves and know that this one is truly the Savior of the world. This is the word of God for all God's people. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. May your word for each of us today be heard in the shared stories of your faithful servants this morning. Amen. So what a powerful exchange between the isolated Samaritan woman who was at the well at high noon when no one else would be coming to get water at that time and Jesus. Jesus shouldn't be there talking to this woman. She's Samaritan. She's a woman But we have just seen how sharing a conversation and learning about one another can lead to sharing a story that impacts an entire village. A story that leads to transformation and invitation. The woman first sees Jesus as a thirsty Jew asking her for some water. But it doesn't take long before she recognizes him as one who gives gifts. Life-changing gifts. She goes from Jesus asking her for water to her begging him for this living water. Living water. What is this living water that Jesus offers her? Water that when she drinks, she will never be thirsty again? I'm with her. 
I want some of this living water too. Eventually, as she listens to Jesus, it dawns on this woman that maybe he is the long-awaited Messiah. But how can this be? If Jesus didn't meet the, the expectations for what the Jewish expectations were for the Messiah, he certainly didn't check any of the boxes that her Samaritan culture had been expecting in a Messiah. But there's something about him, the way he knows her, the way he talks with confidence, the teaching that he offers, the promises he makes, the prophecies he claims to fulfill. It's enough for her to believe, to see Jesus for who he really is. Y'all, not many people in the Gospels did that, understood who Jesus was before the cross, but she did. And what did she do with this? She didn't keep it to herself, which would have been pretty easy for her to do. I mean, a woman at the well at noon was not a woman that was accepted by all the cool people in the village. Yet she courageously went back and told her story. More importantly, she invited them to come and see for themselves. To come, talk with Jesus so they could also experience what she was experiencing. And there is such power in telling our stories. I imagine for years to come, those villagers were able to tell their story and keep converting Samaritans to become Jesus' followers. This week I read an article that shows there's actually clinical evidence that telling our stories has significant benefits, especially telling our family stories to our children and to one another. Now, most parents know about the benefits of reading books to their young children. And I do need to just pause and do a shout out for um, Boone United Methodist Church. We just finished the summer literacy program last Friday. And especially to any of you all that volunteered with that program and Pastor Laura, who worked endlessly this summer to make that happen. This was an amazing partnership with the school system in which for six weeks we taught rising first graders um, how to read, work with their reading level skills. And this would not have happened in this community if Boone United Methodist Church hadn't stepped up and helped make it happen. So I'm so proud to be part of a church that sees and understands this important kingdom work and does what needs to happen to make this kind of service and ministry take place. But in this article that I read, there's a number of research studies that are quietly revealing the richness in just telling our personal stories from our life and within our family's life. So this article in The Atlantic shows that studies um, have revealed when parents learn how to reminisce about everyday events with their children, it helps their children to tell richer stories as well. It helps children to better understand other people's thoughts and emotions. And in the preteen years, get this, children whose families collaboratively kind of discuss their family events and history more often have higher self-esteem, they have better coping skills, they have lower rates of depression and anxiety. The article includes family storytelling can help a child grow into a teen who feels connected to the important people in their life. Family stories can be told nearly anywhere. And it doesn't cost 
hardly anything, a bit of our time, our memory, and our creativity. They can inspire us, they can protect us, and they can help us feel binded and connected to one another. But they also can be ways in which we pass along our faith to one another. You see, by telling these stories, we're not teaching necessarily some deep theological doctrine. We're simply sharing what has happened in our lives and why it mattered. So don't underestimate the power of these experiences. And now it's time for us to model that, to hear from one of our own. So I want to invite Andy Harkins to come forward. Um, Andy is our current lay leader, and I'm so excited for us to be able to hear from him a little bit about um, how maybe he was invited to come and see and what his relationship with Jesus has meant to him. Thank you, and good morning. The... uh, story of the woman at the well is, is intriguing and is a great story about how in one visit, one, one brief moment, that Jesus can change everything in your life upside down, just like she said. And she went on after that visit to go tell everybody in the village about who she had talked to, what they talked about, and they all came to see Jesus. And so she affected for eternity the lives of a lot of people at that time. But you notice right before before she really got engaged in conversation with Jesus, if you listen closely, you hear that little bit of hesitation. There's a little, but Jesus, and because she didn't really, really buy into this, that he might be the Messiah. There's a little hesitation in there. And when you think about it, some of the great heroes of the Bible have had the same hesitation. When Moses was at the burning bush, um, God was laying out before him what he would have him to do. And Moses said, hey, I'm thick of tongue and I can't do this. He was saying, but God, and even Paul on the road to Damascus, while he's blind and while God is, and Jesus has actually revealed himself to him there. And after he's been torturing and, and just being brutal to the, the new believers, he's there now and he's had this quick encounter with, with Jesus. And, and even at, at that moment, he's saying, but, but Jesus, and so that's kind of what happened with us. Some years ago, um, we had a situation where Kay and I felt like we were being led to, um, to get another child from somewhere. Um, we had three kids, three daughters already, and I felt it, she felt it, I was the culprit. I was the one that was not buying into it as quickly as she was because I was saying, yeah, I feel this, but God, we just got these three kids up to here, and you want us to get another one? And he said yes. So to make a really long story really short, all the obstacles that you would have in an overseas adoption just happened. Things that happened that weren't supposed to happen happened. Um, there were finances that were going to be involved, and we worried about that, and when we'd find that we had a gap of this, something would happen that that gap was filled. So... My point in this this story is that sometime God's going to talk to you. Jesus will come to you directly, and you won't know when it is. But don't be alarmed if it's a moment where you say, but but Jesus, because he will magnify the blessings many, many fold by listening to him. Thanks. 
I love that. Last week when Keith was sharing with us, it was, where's that? Where's that? As God was revealing the next step. And so with Andy, it's, but Jesus. Um, So helpful responses we're learning from our fellow brothers and sisters um, in faith. I'm grateful for Andy's willingness to share with us and to remind us that God continues to do amazing things through the people right around us. And God continues to do amazing things through each one of us. And so don't ever underestimate the value of your life and the power of your story. Um, Even if you have to say, but Jesus, but Jesus. So one preacher shared about a man who he believed to be the greatest witness of um, Jesus that he knew. And he went on to tell this story that this man was an ophthalmologist in Dallas, Texas. And he had done a really good job of separating, compartmentalizing his faith with his medical profession. But at some point in the church he was a part of, young people, college-age students actually, had invited him to come and learn how to share his faith. And he did. And in that process, he began to practice and figure out how to include sharing his faith within his medical practice. And he got really good at it. So the preacher was telling a story about this ophthalmologist on the mission field um, guest preaching in India one time. And after he was done, uh, the doctor in that area walked up to him and said, "Um, are you talking about Jack Cooper? And the preacher said, how in the world did you know that? Because, like, this wasn't Billy Graham, right? He wasn't referring to somebody with name recognition. This was just a person he had known back in Dallas. And the doctor said, I went to medical school in Dallas, and I was having trouble with my eyes. And so I went to see Dr. Cooper to get some help. And Dr. Cooper helped lead me into a relationship with Jesus. And not only that, he mentored me the whole time I was in medical school. And now that doctor was the only neurosurgeon in that whole section of India. And he was part of a response of what um, Jack Cooper had done and said in his life simply by telling his story. So those of you that were here last week, do you remember when I talked about that domino effect? That we share our story about Jesus and we fall. We share that story with someone else and they fall for Jesus. They share their story with someone else and someone else falls for Jesus and it's that domino effect. Dr. Cooper figured out how to tip multiple dominoes at one time in sharing about Jesus. Do not underestimate the power of sharing our stories, especially our stories about our belief in Jesus. Author Ursula Le Guin said this, There have been great societies that did not use the wheel, but there have been no societies that do not tell stories. Oral storytelling has been part of human existence for a millennia. And in fact, it's actually been part of the strategy God's used for sharing God's stories for generations. It bonds us together in beautiful ways. And if we're being honest, it really is pretty easy to do. And Jesus is worth telling about. Jesus is worth inviting others to encounter. 
The woman at the well invited a whole village to come and see for themselves. And she didn't just depend on her acts of kindness, like the parable of the lawnmower. She did so by telling her own encounter and her story, and then inviting. So I wonder, what is your Jesus encounter? Have you ever shared it with anyone? Have you shared it with your family? Maybe this week, when you're gathered around the dinner table one night, or maybe you invite a good friend to go out to eat dinner with you and take some time to share each other's faith stories. Maybe you could ask, tell me about a time that you had an encounter with Jesus. See where it leads the conversation. Because maybe you will learn something new. Or maybe you will share your story, say it out loud, for the first time. Or maybe you'll have the chance to practice and perfect telling your story again. And in the process, I promise you will feel closer to one another and closer to Jesus. And that, my friends, is time well spent. Because each of you has a story to tell. So I wonder, tell me about a time you had an encounter with Jesus. How did you feel? What happened?